Yo, Albert Tate Podcast Season 1 and a half. It's the remix season. It was time for me to fire myself. Nobody understands what I've had to endure to get and achieve what I've done. Don't feel embarrassed about your call. I feel like we're at this threshold of opportunity. Yo, Albert Tate Podcast. Season one remix. We in here, y'all. Listen, we are having a great time capturing just the highlights of season one. And I'm able to kind of engage and talk a little bit. So uh, every week I'm taking some of the best uh, of the, my conversation with the folks that I interviewed in season one. And I'm adding my own little flavor to it, giving my own reflection. They did all the talking in season one. I get to do all the talking in the remix season. I get to bring kind of my thoughts from the experience and some of the things that really touched me in a very special way. Eugene Cho um, is, when I think about pastors um, in the country who just capture the fullness of all that I ever hoped to be, it's Eugene Cho. Uh, he built a church that not only is great in discipleship, but expressing the fullness of what it means to be members of the human race um, and, and the justice required in that, the reconciliation required in that, um, the compassion required in that. So when I, when I think about our church and becoming who we've been called to be on issues of justice, um, reconciliation and compassion, Eugene has just been an inspiration to me. So it was a pleasure to sit and speak with him in a moment where I mean, y'all, we're talking to this guy, and he started and founded a church that God has called him to leave. And he's, I mean, you look at him, he, he's not, you know, some old dude that's ready to retire. No, he's young, in the prime. Most people say in the prime of his life. And he's stepping away from something that he created that's successful. No moral failure, no scandal, no elders hijacked him out, no weird craziness, you know, what we've come to learn and expect from these church transitions. None of that. God just called him. He's ready for something new. And so we had a very fascinating conversation on, on what I like to call beginning again. He had started something. Then God taps you on your shoulder and says, all right, it's time for us to do it again. It's time for us to begin again. Uh, Eugene Cho is fascinating conversation to hear his thoughts. Here are some things that really stood out to me. Um, yesterday, I went with my kids to go see Toy Story 4. Spoiler alert! I'm just saying, um, if you're into it, um, I'm, going to, I'm going to ruin the ending, uh, which is inevitable. I mean, the ending is not like it's rocket science or anything. But you got a friend in me, just to get you in the mood. You got a friend in me. I, I, that's what I feel like the white guy that sings the song sounds like, I guess. I don't know why I'm singing like that. But anyway, Woody. Woody, Woody, Woody. He's been with Andy since the beginning. And Woody did the tough transition of Andy growing up, moving out, and then they ended up with Bonnie. And they're with Bonnie. And he's transitioned, but you see it. Bonnie isn't playing with Woody anymore. He's playing with Jesse more. He's not the favorite toy, he's not the leader. Um, and Woody's having to navigate this calling that he's answered and served well as the leader of this toy tribe. 
He was called to lead them and he led them well, but now it's clear that it's time for him to transition. It's time for him to begin again. And he wrestles with it. And the whole show is, it's about several things, but it's about him coming to grips with the reality of leadership, that sometimes the call of God requires you to begin again. And in Toy Story 4, Woody has to begin again. He has to leave the tribe and start on a new journey, which sets up Toy Story 5, which I've seen the script to because the writer goes to our church. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's probably not a story story. I don't know what happens next, but I do know as a leader, I could relate so much so to Woody who had built something, created something, much like Eugene Cho, and God said, all right, it's time to go. Well, the writers of Toy Story said it's time to go, but I'm using God. It's a metaphor, guys. I'm using, come on, don't be all technical with me. God, as a leader, will call you to leave things that you've built, um, that you love, to start again. And I guess the first lesson that we learn from beginning to again is that you've got to be willing to leave where you are. Um, you got to know that there are seasons and when the seasons change, you gotta notice the leaves turning brown. You've got to notice the grass turning colors and drying up. You've gotta notice the temperature change. One of the worst things you can do as a leader is to see the leaves go brown, the temperature change, and the grass wither, and you don't even notice. You're sitting here walking in summer when your ministry is in a season of winter and you didn't even notice the temperature change. You gotta pay attention to the seasons. There are seasons for everything. Don't be stuck. And then at the same time, don't be, don't be stuck in winter when summer's coming. Don't see the green leaves. The temperature is warm. People are going outside and you're still stuck in winter because winter was so traumatic for you, you can't even come out of crisis mode to see that Christ has fulfilled his promise and brought you out. You can't even notice because you're so traumatized by the winter because you didn't take a coat because you weren't prepared. You gotta be willing and ready to notice, pay attention, and then prepare appropriately, accordingly, for the seasons that you're in. Woody, it's over, buddy. You're not the favorite toy on the block. It's not, it's not Andy, Bunny is over you. You've gotta know that there is another season. There is another opportunity. But in order for you to experience the other opportunity, you gotta recognize that this season has changed. Leaders, listen to Woody, learn from Woody, get Toy Story 4, grab your Bible and your journal and watch it and learn. There's a lesson there for us. Sometimes we gotta begin again. And in order for you to begin again, you gotta be willing to acknowledge and recognize the season that you're in and say, it's not, it's not the season that it was. Things have changed and that's okay. Sometimes the crisis of recognizing that things have changed so disrupts our comfort and our world that we don't even say it's changed. It's hard to even say those words. It's hard to say things are different. You've changed. Some of you are in a relationship and, the, and, and you've changed and it's okay. Just because you changed doesn't, doesn't mean that you gotta now walk apart. No, because you change means that you need the spirit of God to do something new in your relationship. That's all that it means. Don't allow the change to freak you out.
But the reason why it freaks you out, I mean, come on, let's just name it. The change threatens your comfort. And there's no way to stay comfortable and begin again. There's no way to do it. There's no way to do it. You gotta be willing to leave where you are and usually beginning again means you gotta believe again. So there's something when you've mastered it. Just ask Moses. I love this. In Exodus, you see it. Moses has come from a crisis and he's recovered. Homeboy, a murder. he had a murder case. You know what I mean? So he beat the rap. He got away with murder, literally. There were folks that were looking for him. The Pharaoh was looking for him. He beat it. He got a new wife, got a new family. Jethro had given him a job. We find him in Exodus, man, on the other side of murder, on the other side of family crisis in his life. Now he's got a, he's got a boo and a shawty. Uh, I'm sorry, significant other and offspring. He, he's got a full family. Homeboy got a new job. He got a new life. And then here comes God tapping him on the shoulder with the burning bush, talking about some, I need you to go and set my people free. He's like, what? I, we didn't already, oh, you've already changed my life, Jesus. I remember because I was, I was jacked up, murder, and I begin again, I begin my family again, I got a new job, I didn't, I've done it all. And God says, no, no, yeah, I know you did it, but now it's time for you to begin again. You wanna talk about a disruption. I'm gonna leave this comfortable thing that I've established to now go fulfill an assignment that God has given me, a new thing, when this comfort, I've mastered where I am. What, what Moses doesn't say, but you see him have to come to grips with, beginning again means I need to believe again. Because it's hard to my faith, it's hard to have a strong faith when I've got such strong comforts. Ah, oh, it's hard to have a strong faith when you're that comfortable. What do you have to trust God for? You got everything. You, you've accomplished it all. So your faith begins to wane and those muscles go unused. And God says, yeah, no, that means you're living too small. I need to give you something so big that it intimidates you, that it forces you to pray more. It forces you to cry more. It forces a dependence upon me. So you're so independent, you don't even really need me. That's why your prayer life is weak. Your study life is weak. There's nothing in your life big enough to force you to believe me for everything you can do. That means you've created a world where you're the God, and that's a dangerous place to be. Moses, begin again that's gonna require you to believe again, to believe that your God is bigger than your crisis, to believe that God is bigger than your comfort, to believe that you can say yes to the kingdom while saying no to your comfort because you are here to fulfill God's glory, not your own. Believe again. Reason why you don't wanna begin again is because so often we don't wanna to have to believe again because to trust God means to now we gotta start walking by faith and not by sight. And I've been so used to walking by sight, I gotta stop, I gotta stop walking according to what I see and start walking according to what I believe, which requires a whole level of disruption, a whole level of discomfort. Who wants that? God says, I want you to believe again. So take your shoes off and be reminded that this is holy ground that you stand on. Take your shoes off so that you don't track into this new season the dung of your past season. Take your shoes off so that you can worship a God knowing that he's sovereign. Dig your toes in the sand so you will know you didn't create this world. 
and you're not dealing with some rookie God. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is the creator of all things. Stick your toes in that. Feel the sovereignty of God. In order for you to believe again, oftentimes you gotta take your shoes off and begin with that childlike faith. Come to that burning bush and worship, surrender. Remember how big your father is. Remember how big your daddy is, that he'll never call you to a new season that he hasn't already prepared for you. Don't allow the newness of the season to intimidate you. Begin again. Some of you are in a place, week after week, we've been talking a lot in this season, in the remix season, about transitioning, about leaving where you are and stepping into another place, whether it's leaving out of the boat and walking on water. We've been talking about different spaces and places. Can I just tell you, God's calling you to begin again. You need to believe again. In order to believe again, you should take your shoes off and be reminded your shoes, your shoes. It's the thing that gets in between your flesh filling God's provision. What are the things that you need to remove so you can feel God's provision again? Where have you gotten so insulated and so comfortable that all you feel is what you've done, but you don't feel what God has provided? Take your shoes off and be reminded you're standing on holy ground. You're standing on the ground that God provided, not you. So if he's calling you to walk on new ground, you need to know he's provided in that new ground. I honestly think he wanted Moses to take his shoes off because he knew that in a few days, you're gonna be standing in front of Pharaoh and you're gonna be intimidated and Pharaoh's gonna look really big. And when your feet are tempted to run, I want, you to, I want those toes to remember, oh no, this is holy ground. This is the ground God created. And I don't need to run, I need to stand. Because Pharaoh, you're big but my God is bigger. And your voice is thunderous, but my God's voice moves through fire. Remember who your God is, how big your daddy is, how great he is, and allow that to inspire you as you begin again. Thank you, Eugene, for modeling what it's like to walk away from something you love, to follow the one who loved you first. And because of that, we take the steps to begin again. Stadia is a church planning organization whose vision is to see a world where every child has a church. Though our vision is God-sized, our mission is simple to plant churches that intentionally care for children. Called and affirmed leaders who plant with Stadia are demonstrating what it means to plant churches that don't simply survive, but thrive. 90% of U.S. churches planted by Stadia are still engaged in their mission on their fifth birthday. And globally, more than 40,000 children have been sponsored as a result of U.S. churches partnering with our high-impact, like-minded partners. But we won't stop until every child has a church. There are more children needing churches right now than ever before. 
8,600 new churches need to be planted every year in the United States alone in order to keep up with population growth. That translates to tens of thousands of churches globally. But we don't need only more churches. We need better churches. In the U.S., 3,700 churches close their doors every single year. And globally, many obstacles get in the way of the long-term success of churches. Stadia is committed to meeting the needs of children around the world by planting more and better churches. In the U.S., we now share our portfolio of services with open-handed generosity. Providing services with no strings attached to planters, organizations, denominations, and networks so that more churches can be planted than ever before. We pray that our generosity may spur others to invest in church planting, both in the U.S. and around the world. We're honored to be a part of the church planting journey, and we anxiously look forward to seeing how God will work to transform the landscape of communities in the United States and around the globe. And we promise we won't stop until every child has a church. If you want to learn more, go to stadiachurchplanning.org.